Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If you are, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has tons of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 186 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Saturday, May 16th, 2020. Dates are starting to mean something to me again. Why is that? Because Florida is finally starting to reopen. Thank God. It's not normal by any means, but I can go into certain shops now and buy things. I can... Uh, just last night, I was at uh, the nightclub that my boss owns. It's only only the patio is able to be opened, and there was probably okay. probably about fifteen or twenty people out there. But it was still nice, you know. It was like Good. I feel twenty five percent back to normal inside. Come Monday in Florida, it's gonna we're moving into phase two of reopening, and it's going to be. 50% capacity is going to be allowed okay. inside places, so uh, we're, we're getting there, and um, I hear that um, Florida is kind of, uh, well, to the, because of obviously if, if everyone's figured out at this point that this has completely become a political issue, and if you're conservative or Republican, then you want to open up right now right away and take precautions and if you're a hardcore liberal democrat then you want to stay inside for another five months and have everything completely shut down i hate i hate that it's turning into a political thing right and it's just fucking weird uh i guess well because i'm on the opposite like i don't even think we've even reached phase one of reopening yet here in washington because i heard that uh, Inslee has already extended the stay-at-home order till the end of this month. Is that y'all's governor? And yes, Washington's governor. And I haven't heard that much about reopening. Uh, even you know the twenty-five percent thing. Uh, oh, really? They're not even doing the twenty-five percent over there. Not that I know of. I haven't heard anything about that just yet. Jeez. Uh, so so everything's just still completely quarantined where you're at. For the most part, yeah, because he, he extended the stay-at-home order till the end of this month. So God damn. that means that, you know, pretty much everything. Uh, I heard that Portland's stores, Michael's stores, are going to be opening up again uh, fairly soon. But I heard nothing about my uh, the stores here in Washington. So, uh, because I, folks, I got zero hours this week. So that that would that was my uh, work week is zero, and then I only worked like five hours last week. So yeah, my paycheck next week is gonna suck. But you know, uh, I, I I got some some help from the university, so I should be okay. Um, and I'm okay. Period. Anyway, you know, in the first place because of the situation that that I've been lucky to be in. But it still sucks that you know I. I I just can't really go to work, you know. 
Yeah. It, it's the, the truck uh, hours and the crew just cut in half. And yeah, it's 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 not looking good. That sucks. Um, I can't. Uh, d- uh, didn't this whole thing start in Seattle or something like the first coronavirus yeah, yeah, outbreak? It started somewhere in Washington. So maybe that's why you guys are. On- well, I know. <clears throat> I know. Cal- well, the reason why the lockdown was put into place, because there's a lot of misinformation going around and there's a lot of just absolute panic and, you know, pandemic, uh, deliberate mania that the media is trying to create with all the obsession over the death tolls and everything and the number of cases. And so you have all these sites saying that, oh, the, it's not working and the curve has not been flattened. And it was the curve was never about the number of cases or the number of deaths. It was about the number of hospitalizations because that's what we had control of. We didn't necessarily have control of the number of deaths or the number of cases because there were not everybody had been tested yet and there were deaths that had not been confirmed as being the result of COVID. So we didn't have control over those things. What we had control over was the amount of hospitalizations, the amount of people who can who contract the virus, who are in our hospital system. And so we put everything on lockdown to prevent our hospital system from being overrun with COVID cases and completely shutting it down, like what happened in other countries when they were dealing with their pandemic. So if you look at the the numbers that are provided by the CDC and other hospitals, uh, there's a website, I forgot the exact name of it, but you, you can just look up number of hospitalizations uh, for COVID and you should be able to find it. It That number has been going down. So the curve has been flattening for hospitalizations, but for some reason the media and all these other uh, resources and uh, journalists, uh, you know, journalists, they don't want to talk about that. Dude, I'm looking at the stats right now for Washington and you guys even in your peak, which you got you guys hit your peak like April 3rd and you were get, and you were getting around 500 that mm-hmm. was at 538 cases. Yeah. N- newly reported cases that day. But then as you go on through April, you got it it drops down to like now you guys are getting like the lowest one here was 127 cases yeah. reported May 12. We haven't had a death since uh, I think Monday of this week, and uh, over here in Clark County, Clark County is a huge county, by the way. I, I don't know if you know, you probably know some places in Jacksonville. Duval, it's a county. Duval County is gigantic, but it's like yeah. f- fucking ridiculous. Like, it's it's not small by any means. So Clark County is like that. Uh, I don't even know how many reported cases have even happened in my general vicinity. I don't think there's really been that many. So you guys uh, have way less than than we have, like even now. Yeah. Like we're get like we were at our peak. We were getting one thousand four hundred thirteen new cases reported, and now it's dropped down to an average of about six hundred reported yeah. cases a day. That's an average. So you guys have way less than us, and we're like opening shit back up. But see, the the, the reason why our numbers are so blown out is because of fucking uh, Miami Dade uh, County. Because yeah. all, all the New Yorkers before they knew uh-huh. that they had the virus, all the New Yorkers went down to Miami, and they 
they infected a lot of people down there. So now the, yeah. the numbers are, but everywhere else in Florida, the numbers are really small. So it seems like the only thing that, that, uh, I have in common with you when it comes to this, uh, pandemic and all of that is the Gestapo speakers at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, so the newest video I did, which we, normally we talk about at the end of the podcast, but me and Mike both have YouTube channels, um, and I'll plug those at the end or whatever. But the latest video I did is is uh, I was talking about these cringy uh, quarantine-themed music videos that artists are putting out, like Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande put out one recently. That would be the most well-known. But there's a bunch of smaller bands that are doing it, too. And, you know... SNL was doing fake parody quarantine music videos as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's ripe for, for making fun of because goddamn they are corny as fuck. Like I I have such an issue with these quarantine themed videos for several reasons. Mainly because A, I feel like it's the artist basically being lazy and kind of taking advantage of a pandemic to bring more to shine a light on to their I think their... they're just bored. No, I mean I I don't think so. I think it's a combination of laziness and boredom. It's dude, they're think, cheap. They're, they're dirt all... cheap. They're dirt cheap to make. Because yeah. how how expensive could it possibly be? All, well, yeah, exactly. All the people who film themselves sign probably some kind of waiver to like allow their likeness to be used in the video, or whatever. And all they literally have to do, and the editing on them isn't even good. It's not like there's some crazy no. editing skills. You no. or I could easily edit one of these oh, exactly quarantine but, videos but I, i'm just i'm just saying in terms of you know i think part of it might be they were just like i i need to do something like i i'm i feel like i i'm not productive these are individuals that have this type of personality where they're probably <clears throat> like doing something all the time whether it's going to clubs going to bars or or promoting their album, or going to the recording studio. So part of it's just like I, I you know. No, I get that because I'm the I same. I'm something. the same kind of person. But you know, if you go and look at Dancing with Ghosts newest video, I like well, you. I know. It's, I, and I, yeah, it's completely guys, original and unique exactly. and well done, and it has nothing to do with quarantine. There's no. Yeah. And there's never. I, I purposely never mention the fact that this video was made during quarantine because it. This brings me to my second point of my problem with these videos. It's going to date the hell out of your fucking song and video. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. I'm telling you, after this shit is over and things return turn to normal, ain't no one gonna want to go online and look up anything that reminded them of the time uh -huh. where they were stuck at home but out of work I for two fucking months. That. I think they know it's gonna be dated. Maybe what that's doing, maybe that's why they're not putting any production into it because they yeah. they know it's like a burner video. Like yeah, it's a burner video, I, and these are burner uh, tracks. The, yeah, these are. I think this is just a way to get still maintain exposure. But at the same time, uh, not really put as much effort into it. So, uh, so I do agree with your claim that it's you know a lot of it is uh, a lazier attempt. But I also think a lot of it's like they were tired of sitting around and they were like, I fuck, I got to do something. 
Uh, well, it's it's not even a matter at, of the artist. Look at all these other celebrities that are doing these like quarantine videos. I guess you know. Might yeah, well do mine. Every one of know? them cringier than the next. But uh, yeah, exactly. You know, here here's a bunch of people who are used to having handlers and having yes men with their noses up their asses. Now these guys are having to figure out how to work webcams and streams all on their own. <laughs> and you see just how bad these people suck when it comes to like truly yeah. being self sufficient. You know, it's like uh, yeah. we. we we as YouTubers have been doing this since day one, like figuring out li- our own lighting, figuring out our own sound, how to edit and all that. And now all these like celebrities are trying to like work from home and they're just failing miserably. And the only reason they're well, even I mean, getting views is because yeah, they're, they're famous. Doing, yeah, exactly. But also, yeah, it's burner stuff and, and they know it's going to get hits. So that'll, you know, put some money in their coffers for the, for the time being and then yeah i mean even even the it, ones that, that are then. even the ones that are like you know oh all the proceeds from this are going towards charity or whatever it's like yeah, yeah. but that still like raises your profile that's still a signal boost for yeah. your brand to do these kind of charitable things and it you know so so don't think they're just but, doing it out of the kindness least, of their heart well, you know yeah exactly but at the same time it is it is kind of it is nice that some of them have decided that they are going to donate yeah no for sure i won't take charity. that away from but the, the, I mean, vid- the videos are just cringy as fuck to better, me that's better to me than you know the gestapo speakers at walmart like right. i remember when i first heard that i was like what the fuck is going on right you feel like you're in and like then, like pr- like uh <laughs> fucking post uh eight Hitler or, or, or <laughs> mid god damn it I'm trying to use a smart term I failed miserably you feel like you're in Nazi Germany like walking around yeah. you know and there's this shutdown and you're like one of the Jews in the ghetto and you just hear like this remember to stay six feet away remember to wash your hands bitter hard bitter hard it's like god damn man what the fuck and, you know, and especially at this point, it's like we don't know. Like we haven't been yeah. berated by this shit over and over again. I mean, if, if Walmart started again. doing that, like, at the start of things... Yeah, that's, that's completely different. Then I would kind of be like, okay. But, like, we're, we're in May at this point. Like, we already know about washing our hands. We already know about all this other shit. Social distancing, the masks, and God, that buzzword that I hate so much that every news channel used, the new normal. God, I... Yeah, yeah. You see just how unoriginal all these bastards are. With masks, uh, I bought some off Amazon, and what the fuck is up with some of these mask makers that are making masks that are for fucking children? Like, I can't even wear it. It doesn't fit my face. Like, I don't understand. Like, it doesn't even label it as a child's mask. It just I get the mask and it's it's too small like the ear the because it's one that's supposed to loop around your ears right cloth mask and so it loops around one of my ears okay but it doesn't loop around the other ear fine you know okay it, it's like bending my ear back yeah. and it's painful and it's uncomfortable just, just and I'm small. like what the fuck. Yeah, it's just you. Yeah, uh, I, I, I guarantee you that mask pie was made in China too. <laughs> that's the irony of it. <laughs> Made in because Wuhan. I can't stand Enjoy the, your. I, I got I got one of the and whatever N95s from from work. I can't stand those fucking things. It's painful. The straps are way too fucking tight, and this metal fucking thing over your nose. Like I, and I already have like because of my because of uh, the the accident when I get hit by a car. Like I have scar tissue still, you know, on 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 the top of my nose. So like it, it's not like. 
painful or anything, but it is a little more sensitive than than some of the other areas uh, on my nose. And so this metal fucking thing is constantly on there, and I I just couldn't stand that. And then I got the other one, which is the medical ones that they wear, but that's like not staying on my face all the way, and it's like sliding off my nose. So it's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my uh, I went to get my hair cut the other day at my uh, the what, lady your barber's open. <laughs> yeah, in Florida. Yeah, yeah, they are. Here's what uh uh did. Did you get an appointment easily? Because I'm my guess. My thing is, I think, especially when like we open up, like things are going to be booked for like. Well, the thing forever. the thing is, is I knew the, the lady who does my hair. Like I, I have her like phone number, and I literally just send uh, her. A te- it's really, um, mm-hmm. it, it, and like she currently can't work at her salon because so she's- you go to her place i went to her residence. i went to her house yeah yes okay does she she has a license to to do it at her, yeah at her house too, mm-hmm. right well i don't okay. know i don't know if she does or not but you know we don't give it shit we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna get the government i had, I had my i had my mom just buzz my hair again and it's fine it's it's we have a we have trimmers and whatever and it's it's just not a big deal uh, it's better than what it was. It was just getting way too scraggly and long and pain in the ass. So I'm just like, just fuck, cut it off. But when I when I went to get my hair cut, uh, the the, my, the lady we she's been doing my hair for like 15 years. She's like some Cambodian lady. She's really nice. Um, she cool. she made me a uh, a mask like a homemade one or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah, and <laughs> it's got like this. It's got like this uh, picture of like horsies on it. So, so I have like this mask and, you know, it's it's like a total like mom thing, you know, because she has no idea yeah. that, you know, it's that like, why, why would a 31 year old man be walking around with a face mask with little horsies on it? Yeah, but you know yeah, what? Yeah. I'm going to fucking rock it. I don't give a shit. I'm going to be like, hey, hell yeah. yeah. I've got a, yeah. I've got a respirator or not respirator. I got a face mask with horse, little horsies on it. I have to, uh, I have to. What? What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say something, bitch. Uh, I gotta uh, wear it whenever I go to the doctor's office or whatever. But I don't, I don't wear that. I don't know. I don't wear the face I don't wear mask. Masks that, I don't wear masks that much. I, I mean, people think I'm crazy, but uh, I just I wash my hands and I stay six feet away and I don't try to, you know, be in contact with other people as much. I think you're gonna be okay. Um, I, I think like if you're in the at risk age group and you're immune deficient. Then I think, yeah, you should be wearing the mask where wherever you're going outside because you never know. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I I don't I don't know I'm just not I've not been. It's uh, but and here's the thing. Uh, some states are forcing you to wear masks. Like if you go outside, you have to wear the mask, and it's like, I don't think that's really necessary. But okay. Um. And. With the whole opening up again, like we talked about in the the other podcast, that I think, you know, Zach's right. Just let people go out and work if they want to. If there's people who don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. You know, we're it seems like at this point we're keeping things locked down for the for the individuals uh, who, on average, are not going to go out outside of their house anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, you should. We should be given the choice at this point. I mean, I understand at first they didn't want to overload the hospitals because, like, that was the whole reason for all yeah. this. Was it the hospital? But 
in, yeah. in Florida, at least, I, and that's all I can speak for is my own state in Florida. Well, it's it's the numbers all across the United States. That's the website I'm talking about. Well, no, what I was going to say uh, before you cut me off, like Sorry. usual. I got my blade ready and I just I, I couldn't. I yeah. Couldn't resist. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted my foreskin, but now it's gone. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, no, I was going to say that um, the only our governor came on and said, you know, they pre- the, the news basically predicted this, this, and this. And, you know, all these big numbers, like Florida's going to be having to turn people away from the emergency room. And he's like, we have, I think, he, I forget what number. He's like, we have 4,000 additional beds and it's only 30% filled. And mm-hmm. he's like, they, they were going to say, we needed all these masks. We have such and such amount of masks and only this amount of being. So, yeah. You know, the, the they they over the numbers were overblown. The deaths at this point, some say the, those are those aren't necessarily reliable. So, you know, for Florida, at least it's like, you know, give people the option at this point. There's space in the hospitals if people get sick. Yeah. You know, and I understand worrying about the second wave because in the Spanish, the Spanish uh, influenza with that outbreak, like the second wave was the deadliest. And it cost, you know, it was the costliest uh, pandemic. Uh, but I, I would think that we have advanced enough uh, with our medical technology or our abilities to uh, mitigate that. A big part of why the wave, second wave was so bad was because of uh, genuinely racist things like not allowing african-american uh nurses to care for other people because you know racism jesus yeah well according to the cheeto in chief we're gonna have a vaccine by the end of the year that's what their operation warp speed yeah yeah <laughs> uh who is mike pence is he number two and trump's number one <laughs> prepare for warp speed number two yeah uh, I mean, you know, right. I, I hope so. Um, like shit, shit's opening up faster than than not over here in Florida. I think so. we have some options for treatment, but not necessarily a vaccine just yet. Um, but uh, just keep social distancing. Uh, wash your hands. Do that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you're paranoid or you're afraid if you you, uh think that it's not safe then stay inside right yep if you're yeah because you know you don't need a fucking loudspeaker at walmart to tell you all of that (laughs) my boss who um who owns this nightclub or whatever that i go to uh called eclipse uh, shout out for that nightclub here in jacks if anyone wants to show up it's uh, open now from four to midnight on the patio anyway um he's he's been saying that the people who come up there no one cares no one's social distancing no one's he's he has a hand sanitizer out he's got he's doing all the measures and he's like people just don't care people are hugging kissing shaking hands he's like people aren't like they're basically people concern troll on facebook and virtue signal and all this other shit but when they actually go out they don't act they don't take their own advice it's almost like they're trying to look good in front of uh, their peers online and then when they go out they don't you know very few of them actually practice what they preach because you know it's not that real to a lot of us because 
I've talked to, you know, several people I know and no one I know or no one anyone else knows uh, has had coronavirus here in Florida. Like, I don't personally know anyone who's had it. None of my friends personally know anyone who's had it. So it's just not that, I guess, that that, that real to us. Now, if you're a nurse working in New York City, you're going to have a completely different take on it. And you're going to call me an asshole. Or a nurse working in Florida. But, you know, yeah. (laughs) Well, especially New York City. That that is like, God God damn, it is, it is, it is. uh, That's another, that's another ground zero for that city. Yeah, well, you know that when you when you're so fucking compact and you insist on being this like jam together. That's what together. I've been talking about. That I think a lot of these like the the places where I've had the most cases, a lot of it, a big part of it is because of how condensed and how compact these communities are in New York City and some of these other uh, states. And Italy was known for that too. A lot of people just packed together <clears throat> in these uh, communities. Right. So if you insist on living that way, I think I always thought New York City was ridiculous with how on top of everybody everyone was. I'm like, this is this is stupid. Who would want to live like this? But New Yorkers the thing is, they love had it. to. There's no there's no other way to to fit more people. Well, other than stacking, uh, uh, you know, buildings on top of one another. I'm sure there's like, area uh, that surrounds New York City that could have been, you know, developed well, yeah. or I, I don't Maybe. know what I'm fucking talking about in this. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, I'm not a geography <laughs> expert. I don't know what the limitations are, but well, I, I mean, New York, let's just be honest. Like it, it's had, there's not a lot of open space available yeah. in that city. So anyway, so, that's been our reality. That's been our new normal. Uh, it's hard to talk about uh, our chit chat at the beginning of every show without bringing up this bullshit that everyone's tired of hearing about. But it's what's happening in our lives right now. I'm just happy to say that, you know, my life is slowly to a trickle returning back That's to good. normal. I'm still I'm hoping that that because Portland is opening up that, you know, we'll we'll start to uh, build uh, the steps, so to speak, to uh, open our doors again. But let's and but let's face uh, it, Mike. What what are you really this. missing out on besides work with the uh, closing down? Because you stayed in your house uh, a lot anyway. Oh yeah, I know, but it's just it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're like the least affected by this. I I feel like I... <laughs> you, you got a point. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know rag on you for that. But it's it it just would be it'd be helpful to be able to work again. Yeah. All right, so we're doing some classic so I get stir crazy. Trust me, I, I do. Like I'm getting a little, little nutty. Well, I, I think I think that's always kind of been there. Maybe you're just now noticing it. <laughs> As a guy who just, a guy who has a fucking essentially a, a blockbuster store in his house, <laughs> and I don't mean digital. I mean the actual physical fucking yeah. media. Yep. It's insane, dude. Okay. What are you gonna do when you move? I that's gonna be the that's. Yeah, I'll just I'll just pack stuff up and you know. It's we'll be so it many out. boxes. Yeah. Anyway, all right. We're talking about some uh, classic unsolved mysteries segments. Where these are the forbidden yes. ones, meaning that they're when we say forbidden, that means what? They're not on Amazon Prime, right? Yes, we found uh, these in the unsolved mysteries vault. So the first case we're going to cover is a case of Todd McAfee. Um, it's Todd, not Todd McAfee. It's not Todd McAfee. It's Todd, you know, that that's... Uh, I, I thought it was Todd McAfee, because that's normally how I pronounce that, you know, 
because of the virus software and any other time I've heard that name, but nope, it's Todd McAfee. Only Mike would be able to pull 30 seconds out of talking about someone's last name. <laughs> hey, you've done it too. <laughs> on this You're podcast. just assuming that. You don't know, but I'm sure it's true. <laughs> so uh, apparently this took place in Arcadia, Florida. Um, Never heard of uh, Arcadia. Yeah, I've never heard of that either. And I thought Sounds... I knew every single city in Florida, goddammit. I'm really upset about this. <laughs> so in the summer of 1986, 26-year-old Todd became the manager of 300-acre Ma- Mayaka City Tomato Farm located off State Road 70 for the Bonita Packing Company. He lived and had an office and a company trailer on the property. He was an avid gun collector and would often target shoot behind his home. It was well known in the area that he kept his valuable gun collection in his trailer. And that's uh, ultimately what led to uh, his disappearance and uh, his murder. Because people like guns. You got a lot of guns. People know that you have a lot of guns, and you have guns that are worth something yeah you're gonna attract some some individuals who are, who are gonna want to take you out and take your guns yeah and before they got into todd's story they they kind of you know went on a little bit about how illegal guns are like this big industry and how yes. you know a lot of um crime and and you know gang activity uh, like mob activity a lot of these crimes are committed with illegal firearms meaning there's no like serial number there's no way to like trace it back Mm -hmm. to the person who perpetrated the crime so uh, there's like an industry out there where people Mm -hmm. are constantly looking for uh firearms that they can steal so it doesn't get traced back to them if they bought you know like as if they were this is a prime target i mean they know where it is he's very open about where he keeps his guns uh and where he keeps his guns is also kind of out in the open. So, uh, hopefully, you know, this will encourage gun collectors uh, who don't know already to put your guns in in a little bit more of a secure, uh, hidden place. A lot of them have it like in a bunker or something nowadays, or they have it like a or some sort of uh, unit that's in in their home. So at 6.30 a.m. on the morning of August 18th, 1987, the farm's laborers were surprised to find that Todd had not unlocked the gate for them. Foreman Adam Williams had had to come in to let them in. He then noticed Todd's truck parked in front of his car near the trailer. He thought this was odd, as Todd normally parked it behind his car. By 7 a.m., there was still no sign of Todd. So Adam went over to check inside his trailer. He noticed two empty handgun cases on the floor. I mean, he could have used the handguns, uh, but two? I, and, and empty cases? That's, that's a little suspicious. He also noticed that the answering machine's tape was missing, and the spindles were still spinning because the tape had been taken out. And uh, I thought that the reenactment did a great job recreating that. And it's not really a hard thing to do, but it's just the way that it was shot, the way they used the sound design. It really did uh, recreate that eerie feeling 
of walking into his uh, home and then just hearing the clicking of the answering machine minus the t- minus the tape. Maybe maybe Todd had one of those annoying ass, and this is really dated, and, and it, I'd be surprised if our, the younger listeners remember this. Maybe Todd had one of those annoying ass novelty uh, voicemail messages or whatever, uh, and, and the people who were stealing his guns just hated his outgoing message so much that they just went ahead and <laughs> destroyed the tape while they were there. It was like a George Costanza. Yeah. Uh, believe, believe it or, it or not. not. <laughs> yeah. Believe it I'm or not. Walking I'm not home. Where home. could I be? V. Believe it or not. I'm it not home. Not, I'm not home. <laughs> home. Home. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So the answer machine tape was missing. That That is such a bizarre thing. Like... Either it was a case like that. They couldn't stand his annoying hated his, answering his, yeah, machine yep. a message. Or they broke in and it was recording at the same time. Or they just thought they were being clever. They're like, oh, well, you know, if we destroy this tape or whatever, maybe it will somehow hinder communi- anyone communicating or getting in touch with this guy or, or, or okay. leaving some kind yeah. of you know, some kind of evidence or yeah. you know they just won't be able to leave a message at all so you know but if, then why didn't they just like unplug the answer machine right yeah they see just done that. that's, that's why I don't know I don't know so uh, two hours later another farm employee found a bag of groceries in the front of Todd's truck they appeared to have been left overnight they also found a newly rented videotape yeah, and we we're talking before the podcast. We we're like, God, we wish they had said what the movie yeah. was that he rented because it would have been such a fun little time capsule to be like. And he rented a, a videotape, Short Circuit, with Johnny. <laughs> well, Five. that came out. This is 1986, and I don't think that I don't did that movie come out. I think that was an 87 film. I so. knew you were going to call me on that on whatever <laughs> movie I said. I'm I'm thinking to myself, if this isn't like chronologically accurate, Mike is going to. It was 88. Mike's gonna call me um, out. But, but no, no, it's 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 cool. Uh, I, I thought it would be funny if it was like something that was a uh, bit of foreshadowing, like it was some murder, like mystery some Clint Eastwood movie or something. <laughs> it was like murder by death. <laughs> 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 I like that. So uh, the keys were also uh, still found in the truck's ignition. Lying in the bed of the pickup were Todd's glasses, his sunglasses, which were covered in blood. That's not good. No. Typically, when something's covered in blood, that that is a bad sign, typically. Mm -hmm. I'm no expert in the field, but I would say typically that's a bad sign. So there's a little picture of Todd, and he looks like a yacht rocker to me. No, nah, dude. Got the kind of yacht rocker. He that uh, that to me looks like the front vibe. of a mullet. That looks. I, I don't have any proof <laughs> to say that he has a mullet in the back because you can't see the party in the back, but you can see the I, business I up yeah. front. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you mean. But he's got the the beard of you know some of those yacht rockers. No, nah, dude. This guy. Day. This guy straight up listens to southern rock and only southern rock. He listens. Ah, okay. He listens to Skinner. He listens to Thirty Eight Special. <laughs> Like, on repeat. <laughs> on his 8-track player. Yes. Drinking his Bud Light. 
Because <laughs> his doctor said he has to watch his cholesterol, so he switched to Bud Light. So, at around the same time, two miles away, some of the laborers were looking for water for their overheated <clears throat> truck when they discovered the, his body. He had been shot four times and dumped in a drainage ditch. Investigators determined that, shot, that Todd had been shot. I don't know why I got those two mixed up, apparently. I mean, wouldn't that be crazy if the na- somebody's name was Shot? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm there's, sure there's, there's some <laughs> rapper out there that's named Little Shot or sh- <laughs> Shot the Young Thug or whatever the fuck. Yeah. If it's something, if so, it's a ridiculous name, I don't put it past a rapper to have it as their uh, rap name. But I mean, there's there's uh, like uh, Jason Lee named his one of his sons pilot inspector. Yeah, we'll see. Jason Lee is a Scientologist, so I mean, that's kind of <laughs> all you need to know about that. I'm sure Zenu told him to do that. So uh, investigators determined that Todd had been shot with a 22 caliber uh, pistol, and it was uh, with the hollow point bullets. Uh, spatters of blood were found in the sand near his body. This led them to believe that at least two people carried his body, placed it in the sand, and then picked it up again and placed it in the ditch. Now, um, they were hollow point bullets, so it probably wasn't a pistol. It was probably an uh, uh, automatic rifle of some kind. So, locals knew that this ditch was the home to an 18-foot alligator. I, lo- I, like, how, I like how everyone in town just knew that. Like... <laughs> Like the the alligator is. They even named it. Oh, that's where Allie lives. Yeah, like that. Like that's how legendary that fucking alligator is. And and I like how like no one has like like animal control or whatever hasn't even tried to fuck with it. They're just that. That's like the master boss after you defeat everyone else in that town. It's like <laughs> yeah. now you're gonna fight the 15 foot alligator, Reginald. 18 feet. <laughs> Reginald, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all about the non-obvious nickname. That's great, Reginald. Does he have a little monocle in one of his eyes? <laughs> yes, he's a sophisticated alligator. He's trying to shatter, yeah, trying to shatter the stereotypes that alligators typically have. And he speaks in a in a in a hoity-toity British accent. <laughs> you know what? I would not want to be involved in though is is when the the alligator grabs you and he starts doing the death roll like oh yeah because yeah you're just he's just breaking everything snapping all Reginald, your bones he's he's speaking politely to you in the process <laughs> oh, i'm terribly he's, sorry about this but i'm very hungry and you look quite ripe for my eating pleasure right now so i'm just going to go ahead and sever your main artery here and oh i'm Terribly sorry, I got blood all over, all over you. What a mess! It won't matter in a mo- in a moment. You'll be dead, of course. I do apologize. I don't know how or why I have this British accent, and my name is Reginald. But here we are. So uh, it was speculated that the killers had hoped that Reginald would have eaten the body. However, the body was discovered before this could occur. So, footprints were also discovered at the site. Um, before I get to that, the fact that this is a place where they knew where there's this 18-foot alligator, are there other, like, murders that are unsolved because bodies have just been dumped in this ditch and the alligator's eaten a body and then that's it? Maybe that bitch Carol Baskin, like, dropped her husband off in this <laughs> in this ditch. <laughs> like, this is, like, a legendary place to dispose of bodies. 
So anyway, uh, footprints were discovered. All of Todd's employees were interrogated and their shoes videotaped. Uh, that's not <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> hey, Wikia, you, you might want to edit that, but that's hilarious. I'm going to I'm <laughs> their shoes were videotaped. I mean, they were they 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 <laughs> they took videotape of their of their boots. The people, yeah, who... yeah, they did. I I think they probably what they did is they took uh, photographs. I don't think they videotaped them. Well, according to the segment, uh, they did. Hmm. Okay. So take back that so laughter. Ever, no matches were found. Uh, I, I take it back. Thank you. It is kind of funny though, because normally you don't think about shoes being videotaped, unless it's for a sneaker commercial. You're, the things that you find funny might kind of baffle me sometimes. So, uh, however, no matches were found. Along with the bloody glasses, investigators found the seat of Todd's truck was uh, covered in blood. An empty gun case was also found on the truck's dashboard. Inside his trailer, they discovered that his gun collection, collection which included five guns, was missing. Along with a VCR and a few cameras. They suspected that Todd had been killed for his gun collection, and apparently his collection of cameras and his VCR. And his novelty so voicemail message. Yes. Maybe they they didn't st- take it out because they hated it. Maybe they took it out because they loved it. That's true. That could they be, an, that could so be another much. angle. They're like, how did he do that? How did he make a song <clears throat> so, and, and with the, the, the funny lyrics? How did he do that? I gotta have that. And I want his guns. And he's gonna die. But The voicemail is what started it all. So uh, they suspected that Todd had been killed for his gun collection. A receipt found in the grocery bag in Todd's truck helped pinpoint the time of his death to between 6.30 and 7 p.m. At around 6.15 p.m. on the night of August 17th, two of his friends passed by the trailer and noticed an orange van parked next to it. The orange van had been seen earlier at a local gas station. A customer had struck up a conversation with a female occupant of the van. One of the male occupants came out of the store, struck her repeatedly, and then forced her into the van. Another man also entered the van, and the three left. Yeah, that van sounds uh, like it's up to no good. Yeah, and like, the the dude in the reenactment, he literally comes out, and he's like, what are you trying to do? Get us in trouble? And he just like grabs her and like kind of gives her this little whack, and the lady that was talking to her at her car is just like, uh, didn't hear or see anything. Just, <laughs> I'm going to ignore this. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I I would hope, well, I don't know. How do you really report that, I guess, as it happens? But I don't know. Man, well, I just... mean, if, if the female in that in that uh, particular incident looked like she did in the composite, I, I, would, I would do the same thing. <laughs> she looks like a fucking gray or some shit with a fucking wig on. <laughs> and like a human mask. So anyway, that happened with the orange van. So investigators believe uh, that uh, on the night of August seventeenth, he was ambushed by the van's occupants after discovering after discovering his trailer was being bulgar- uh, burglarized. Okay, tire tracks show that he sped up to the trailer, apparently realizing that it was burglarized. Uh, they believe he was attacked outside of his trailer as he exited his truck. Now, in the reenactment, for some reason, they didn't show the gun being fired. They just had this guy walk up with the rifle and then point it, and then 
I, I think I think you hear it, but it's just freeze frames. Like it's an after school special or something. And somebody's just high fiving somebody at the end of uh, end of the, the show. It was just freeze frame. Yeah. God, they loved freeze, the, freeze, uh, fr- freeze frames back in the <laughs> yes. 80s and 90s. Cue the, uh, what is it, Jay Gellis band? Jay Giles. Cue that song. Jay Giles band. Yeah. So they believe he was then placed back in his truck and was driven to the ditch where he was dumped. His family has offered a $5,000 reward from information leading to the identity of his killer or killers. Investigators believe that the motive for Todd's murder was to steal his gun collection. Uh, the suspects were, uh, one of them was a man named Runt. That was his name. That was his nickname. Runt. His nickname was Runt. And there was another one named Rob. And then you had uh, the the female, which her composite is fucking nightmare-inducing. Have you seen this composite? I just thought they made her look like some like blonde bimbo. I didn't think she looked like all that scary. I would probably take a look at I it. I thought the dude was the chick at first because the composite <laughs> like the dude looked just like a chick and then they showed the chick and i'm like oh okay well i mean it's the 80s well yeah, yeah we, we, uh, he was a long hair back when that wasn't yeah, really the in composite style is is on there all right let me take another look at this composite because the because the two guys have short hair so none of them have long hair oh the fu- oh jesus yeah, see? This looks a little scarier in this picture. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It didn't look this scary on the segment, but it was in really crappy quality. Yeah. Yeah, she looks very fucking frightening. She looks like the devil in this picture. <laughs> I know. Jesus. I think it's... That's I think, why I, I would have... If I saw that fucking lady, I would have walked, uh, you know, past and 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 tried to distance myself... Uh, from from that situation too, I just be like, oh, I think they devil lady in the composite. They make her face look too much like a skeleton. Like their her yeah. eye sockets are dark. Her nose is kind of mm-hmm. like, kind of dark. Her that's what I'm saying. It's like a, <clears throat> if a gray was just trying to blend in and yeah. just like put on a human mask and and a wig. Yeah, that is pretty disturbing. Now that now that I look at it again, thank you, Mike. So, <laughs> haunt your dreams. You're welcome. So, this case is apparently unresolved. In 1991, a prison inmate named Jacob Wesley Scott, serving time at the DeSoto County Jail, told police that he had information about Todd's murder. Scott claimed that he was in jail with Todd's housekeeper, Ruthie Mae Anderson, and she told him that she had planned the burglary of Todd's trailer with the intention of stealing money. Great! It's a lovely housekeeper! Jeez. She believed that he had kept the payroll there. She claimed that she and her husband and another man went to the trailer and that Todd was killed when he came upon them burglarizing the place. Another break-in. The case occurred when a man was arrested with a thirty caliber Plainfield semi-automatic rifle, which had been stolen from Todd's home. The man told police that Rufy's husband, Wilbur Anderson, had sold him the gun. Wilbur had also previously worked for Todd. Investigators later located the orange van seen at Todd's home in a Mississippi junkyard. The junkyard owner told police that Wilbur had sold it to him. Well, it sounds like Wilbur is... Oh, Wilbur! How yeah, could you go a... and shoot him like that? <laughs> uh, 
just had enough of Mr. Ed. You know, is it fucked up that like we're as young as we are and we we we're like dropping Mr. Ed references? Like, why should we know about this? Because that's a pop culture thing. Like, it, it's something that's just ingrained. Like, I I I didn't watch that much of Mr. Ed either, and I know about Mr. Ed. I I just feel bad because I bet they treated that horse like shit. Yeah. Like to make him talk and do all that shit that he did. I guarantee you they probably cattle prodded the horse every time they needed him to like move his gums or his freaky horse mouth. The fuck is so, up with horse teeth, by the way? They're the <laughs> weirdest fucking teeth ever. You mean John Elway's uh, teeth? <laughs> oh. Shots fired, that's, as the kids say. That That's an old, uh, that's an old gag, though. Gets that all the time. So the junkyard owner told police that Wilbert sold it to him in October 1994. Well, I guess there's not enough, though, to investigate Wilbur, even though it's his van. He had a gun that wasn't his. In October of 1994, Ruthie Anderson, then 41, was charged with Todd's murder. However, the case against her was dismissed when Jacob Scott recanted his testimony. Uh, Both Ruthie and Wilbur were released. Ruthie is believed to now be living in Mississippi, while Wilbur is believed to be living in Alabama. Officially, the case remains unsolved. Just because that guy recanted his testimony, uh, the fact that they found the orange van that was seen at Todd's home, and the junkyard owner told the police that Wilbur had sold it to him, and then there was that guy who wasn't uh, uh, Scott, who had a, a stolen gun, and said that he got it from Wilbur, uh, just because the guy recanted his testimony and just because there isn't technically enough evidence to convict uh, Ruthie and Wilbur, I think that I think they're fucking guilty. Yeah, I mean, you would think that that would be enough. Apparently not. They don't have a body. They do have a body, but they don't have the murder weapon, apparently, and they don't have uh, the other uh, uh, corroborating testimony, apparently. I think so it would have been enough. worth Unsolved Mysteries crew going back to that that location and doing a cryptozoology thing on the fucking eighteen foot alligator. I think they could have gotten <laughs> yeah. a whole other segment out of that, <laughs> like Alcatraz. But it's a it's a giant alligator. It's an eighteen foot alligator special about Reginald. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to our next case is the case of Mark Grosinger. It's a German last name if I ever see it. Last name. Grosinger. Um, yet another. Another dude getting murdered. So the details are on lookout. This is a murdered dudes podcast. Yeah, the murdered men, <laughs> men of many murdered murders. Uh, on Lookout Mountain, twelve miles west of Denver, Colorado, there is a shrine dedicated to Mother Cabrini, the first American saint. Her shrine overlooks the city of Denver. It is a peaceful, tranquil place. But on the morning of April seventh, nineteen eighty four, a man. Leaving the shrine's grounds, noticed a blue Buick parked on the roadside. The driver's window was shattered, and the man decided to take a closer look inside the vehicle. He noticed a body riddled with bullet wounds. The dead man was Mark Grosinger, a 29-year-old concrete cutter from the nearby town of Golden. According to his wife, Judy, Mark had no known enemies. Quote, I don't think... Which is ironic. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, I don't think anyone disliked him. He was a very nice guy. He'd help you do anything. 
He was kind of shy, but for a friend, you know, he was a real good friend to people. The Jefferson. You had too much energy for 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 Judy. Oh right, yeah. That's one thing. Of, that that actually like later on when we get to anyway, I don't want to spoil it, but I'll, I'll no. But keep in the mind the fact that uh, yeah, her her demeanor because I did want to comment on that later on. Uh, the Jefferson <laughs> County Sheriff's Department found that Mark had been shot repeatedly in a manner that seemed obsessive. No trace of the murder weapon was found at the crime scene. However, investigators did find a paper bag filled with 38 caliber bullets on the right front floorboard of the car. Numerous shell casings were found both inside and outside of the vehicle, suggesting the gun was reloaded at least twice during the shooting. Why did they leave a paper bag full of bullets? I don't know. Maybe they were trying to get away quickly, and in their haste, they left evidence. Uh, Maybe that's the only thing I could think of, because... Any other reason, it's like you want to get caught. Yeah, exactly. According to Lieutenant John Dunow of the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department, other intriguing clues were also found at the crime scene. We recovered the wallet with his driver's license and money he had in it, so we basically ruled out a robbery. But the thing that was really strange is the car keys were missing, and if there was a robbery, they would have taken the wallet and left the car keys. According to Lieutenant Dunow, Mark's murder appeared to be a crime of passion. Well, taking into consideration the number of bullets that were fired into Mark's body, it's clear to us that this is a killing of rage, of fury, of hate, revenge. Sheriff's Department investigators brought Mark's wife, Judy, in for questioning. Judy said that around 6.30 on the night Mark was killed, they had eaten dinner at a local restaurant with a friend. According to Judy, Mark wanted to go out, but she wasn't feeling well. Judy said Mark took her home around 8 p.m. Her friend decided to keep her company at the house. As Lieutenant Dunow investigated the case, he found several discrepancies in Judy Grosinger's story. Judy indicated that they went back to their residence at approximately 8 o'clock, and then Mark left to shoot pool. But we contacted people that were going up to the shrine to a wedding rehearsal that evening. They told us that they observed Mark's car there by the gate at 8 p.m., so we have a problem there with that story. Despite an extensive search of the entire area around the Mother Cabrini Shrine, investigators were not able to locate a murder weapon to match the 38 caliber shells. When Lieutenant Dunow ran a check on all recent 38 caliber purchases in the Denver area, he recognized one name, Judy Grosinger. Oops. She had purchased the weapon in Denver at a pawn shop three days prior to Mark's death, and we asked her why she didn't tell us that initially, and she said she forgot. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Here's the thing about Judy though. She is calm as a fucking cucumber the whole time. Yeah. Like she she seems unshakable. Like even in the interviews, like she seems like she's on uh some kind of drugs for like anti anxiety. Yeah, some kind of tranquilizer. Something. Yeah, cuz she she's yeah. just kind of like, you know, no, I would I would never do that. I, you know, uh, they keep saying that uh, you know, this that and the other, but um no, there was no guy with me at the pawn shop and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but she, yeah. that's the demeanor she had. She's like, yeah, no, I would never do that, you know? I mean, I I liked Mark, you know, and I just would have never thought to even I could never think of doing something like that. she she wasn't like it didn't seem very emotional like in terms of this is your your husband, you know, right. that's, that's 
dead. Yeah, I mean, clearly they probably didn't, you know, the spark wasn't exactly there, yeah. and, 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 you know, maybe she was yeah. trying, may, I don't know, maybe she wanted to get, anyway, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. But, I mean, the thing is, people show grief in different ways, I right. get that as well, yeah, that but is very she true. just seemed, like, really, like, chill yeah in the in the interviews and who knows she could have been on you know xanax or clonopin or she could have been drunk who knows so um but i mean the whole thing like you you forgot about buying a gun like, I don't, yeah, I don't so know, according that, to Denau, he said, uh, Lieutenant Denau, he said, she had purchased the weapon in Denver at a pawn shop three, day pr- three days prior to Mark's death, and we asked her why she didn't tell us, and she said she forgot. But according to Judy, it was her husband who told her to purchase the gun. Mark came home one day, and he asked me if I could go to the pawn shop the next day and buy a gun for somebody, and I asked him why the person didn't buy it themselves. He said that they were just a little underage or something of that sort. So I went down to Denver and I looked around and picked out the kind of gun he wanted, a thirty-eight. First of all, I love how, like, in the, like, early 90s that this was just a totally normal thing. Like, yeah, can you yeah. Uh, buy a gun for my underage friend? Oh, yeah, no problem. What does he want? A thirty-eight. <laughs> Yeah, and I know never batted an eye, never like you know did a double take. The cops never mentioned like the legality of that. Like first of all, we were disturbed that she was being told to buy a gun for someone underage. You know. (laughs) Yeah, and back then it was just like ah, like oh yeah, whatever. You know, yeah, no, no big deal. Um, so yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Dennis Potter was another lead investigator on the case. He immediately questioned the managers of the pawn shop. Quote. The proprietors of the pawn shop that we talked to were very adamant about the fact that there was a man with Judy Grosinger in the pawn shop that day. While she was picking out this gun, she called this male subject over to her and said words to the effect of, what about this one? Do you like this one? Those type of words. And apparently Judy, she denies that. Like Josh was talking about earlier. She says, I was, I, I, I was alone. Yeah. I didn't have a man with me. And my thing is, what the hell do these pawn shop guys have to do? I mean, what do they have to gain by lying to investigators? Right. Versus what Judy has to gain by lying to investigators, which is not going to jail. So she's got a lot to gain from lying. Yeah, exactly. Then And and you, you think that, you know, they would know. They know a lot of people who come in and come out of their shop. Is there a possibility that there might be a woman that looks similar to to Judy? That but th- the thing is, she's the only one that bought a thirty eight. Right. So that she's the only one that has a thirty eight on the books at this particular time period at that pawn shop is Judy. So by denying that you weren't with another man, that's just that's extremely suspicious to me. And then the whole thing where I forgot. I forgot I, I bought a, a gun, the same gun that was used to kill my husband. I forgot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't, like, if a, if, if a cop pulls you over for speeding, I'm pretty sure you can't say, uh, oh, I forgot the speed limit was only 45 on this road. I mean, that, you still get the ticket, you know. I for, exactly. I forgot isn't exactly a, uh, a very commendable. What if you're like, can I see your uh, driver's license? Uh, I forgot. Right. I forgot to bring it. Okay, well you're still getting a ticket, and uh, and you're getting another ticket for not for driving without a license. Right. 
So then, according to Lieutenant Potter, another major discrepancy in Judy's story surfaced. The part of Judy's story that after she and Mark finished dinner, they drove to a liquor store near their residence to buy a bottle of whiskey. Uh, We later contacted the person who was on duty that night in the liquor store. The lady says, quote, I know Mark personally and I know Judy and no, Mark did not come in and buy whiskey that particular night. That person told us Judy came into the liquor store at a later time with another man, matching the description of the man that Judy was with at the pawn shop. So we have two locations where Judy was seen with the same unidentified man, one at the pawn shop and the other at the liquor store. In Mark's car, investigators found evidence that someone had stopped at a liquor store on the night Mark died. They found a six-pack of beer, but the receipt showed it was purchased from a different store than the one Judy named. The murder of Mark Grosinger seemed to raise nothing but unanswered questions. Why had he been at the shrine, uh, such an isolated, out-of-the-way location, uh, and who had a motive for killing him? All investigators knew was that he was shot from the passenger side of his car and that his uh, murder had all the earmarks of a crime of passion. Without any clear leads, investigators brought in the only person who could verify Judy's alibi, the friend who had stayed with her after Mark dropped her off at home. She said she had watched TV with Judy until around midnight, then slept over on the couch. But according to Lieutenant Potter, rumors about the two women began to surface, casting suspicion on the friend's credibility as a witness. We interviewed friends and acquaintances, and more than one acquaintance said that the relationship was more than just friends. Oh, shit, they were lesbians. That's hot. Yes. That is hot. Yes. I am now truly excited to cover this case. The day after Mark's murder, Judy's friend moved in with her. After living together for a few years, they bought a house. However, according to Lieutenant Potter, investigators still don't have enough concrete evidence to charge Judy Grosinger with murder. We have no evidence to place her there that night in that car. All we have is circumstantial evidence that indicates that she may be deceitful in some of her statements. We just don't know. The murder of Mark Grosinger is a case filled with loose ends which may never be completely tied together. Throughout all of it, Judy Grosinger has maintained her innocence. Uh, She even took a lie detector test, which supported her story. But the discrepancies remain, and Judy Grosinger is still considered a person of interest. All that is known for certain is that Mark's killer is a free man, or woman. (laughs) So it sounds to me like they hired a hitman... Yeah, That's, it was that biker guy. Yeah, that was the guy that was in the pawn shop. Um, and Because he was asking, you know, it was the whole questions like, is this going to work? Is this good? Right. Is, 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 is this good guy who's killed people before? Is this good? <laughs> and uh, she had him do it. And then, uh, got then she went off to live happily ever after with her friend. Her lesbian lover. Did. Yes. Um, this case is still unsolved. Uh, sadly, there has been no leads, there's been no justice for Mark. Someone commented in the comment section going, What a joke! Unsolved Mysteries should have been sued over their slander and misrepresentation of the facts. Judy was cleared of any and all wrongdoings in this case. And then someone commented, When was she cleared? And Anonymous never commented back <laughs> it's it's probably judy 
<laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, someone's like, pretty sure Judy is on Facebook. I was nosing and had to look through what pictures I could, and there's no indication she was ever married or had posted any throwback pictures at all. Seems strange. Maybe I'm wrong and it's the wrong Judy, but it sure does look a lot like her. I just feel that my husband was mysteriously murdered. I would have at least one post of him or something about it. Weird. Well, I mean, her whole her whole demeanor, the whole way that she just seems, uh, I don't know, like, like we said before many times, she talks about her dead husband with the same energy as she would about her shopping list. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because they're you know you you get all kinds of people that that are interviewed on unsolved mysteries, and some of them are you know they, they're very emotional, and then you have other people who just strike me as guilty, like Leonard Rizzo, and then you got Moon Pie Face Mike Morris, who strikes- I think I've noticed most of the ones that are like just straight uh, uh, flatline emotion when they're talking about things like this. I think a lot of them, the ones that have been confirmed to actually have been on the show that were guilty, have been guilty. So, yeah, mm. I don't know. Who's to say? I but mean, that could be a coincidence. It's, that could just be a coincidence. It's like someone did it because you know that that gruesome scene. You know, someone someone well, filled yeah. them full of lead. You know, sure. so it's like I don't think Judy herself was the one that pulled the trigger. You know, she had someone else do it. Uh, and speaking of murder, uh, Dennis Farina in the in the reboot apparently murdered this segment, and uh, it is available on that version of Unsolved Mysteries, but not on the Robert Stack version. Of I on, hate uh, how they do that. Prime. I hate how some are only available on the Farina ones, and some aren't. It doesn't make any sense because. The footage they use for the Farina ones is the ones from the original series. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so stupid. Like I think someone made a someone made a um like a Dennis Farina joke Twitter account. <laughs> um I gotta pull it up here. Some of these tweets are hilarious. And okay. you everyone should go look up uh type in Dennis Farina Family Guy. There's a there uh there's an episode where Peter goes to Chicago. Uh well he's trying to become more cultured, so he goes to Chicago for like mm-hmm. the art or whatever. And there uh the, the museum curator's like, you know, would you like a guided tour? You can have either this guy, I forget who he said, it was like some intellectual type, or you can have the guided tour with uh Chicago's own Dennis Farina. And Peter Griffin's like, Oh, Dennis Farina and Dennis Farina's like, uh, he's given descriptions <laughs> of everything and his like super <laughs> Chicago accent. And he's like, now this painter was a midge, but I think he was a pretty good guy. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm just butchering the fuck out of it. It's a lot funnier. Uh-huh. But you should, anyone who yeah. is uh, listening to this should go and look that up. It's definitely worth Okay. And uh, the- Dennis Farina's done some good stuff uh, before we, you know, continue to uh, rail on him. Uh, in jest. Oh, okay. Um, so the the Twitter account's called the Ghost of Dennis Farina. <laughs> yeah. So before we get to the Ghost of Dennis Farina, I want to recommend uh, folks uh, uh, to check out uh, the series Crime Story. Uh, Dennis Farina was in that, and that was actually one of his first ever acting roles. And it's honestly really impressive for a first time uh, actor to uh, have such a extensive role in a show let alone uh, do such a good job. So, And that, that show was actually produced, I believe, by Michael Mann. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a crime show. I think it takes place in the 50s, I think. Uh, so, 
Yeah, it's, it's worth a watch. Yeah, so on the Ghost of Dennis Farina, it looks like he only has two actual tweets. Um, yeah, he's got... He's responded to a lot of people, but he's he's only got two actual tweets. Okay. The first tweet is, Happy Mother's Day to all the broads down there who I dumped a clip in. Enjoy the day, sweetheart. <laughs> the second one is, Hey, not for nothing. I know I'm from Chicago, but who the hell puts tomatoes and pickles on a fucking hot dog? Now that is a hashtag unsolved mystery. <laughs> so tomatoes and pickles i don't think i've ever had that on a hot dog yeah that's the the chicago style hot dog oh, yeah okay. they put all kinds of weird shit on there have you had a chicago style hot dog no i had to make them before though at this i had a job there was this place i worked at for like two seconds uh when i was like i don't know 20 i don't know 24 mm-hmm. 25 and it was this mexican bitch and she it was I don't even know like what the what the primary thing was that this restaurant or this cafe, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what their primary product was because they had a a like a marble slab where they did all the ice cream shit on. They did milkshakes. So it was like Cold Stone. No, no, that was one of they they did milkshakes. They did protein shakes. Okay. They they cooked uh, like paninis and hot dogs. What the hell was this place called? The Smorgasbord. I don't remember, but they had they all this candy like like packaged candy and chips and it, it was like they were literally trying to be everything. Do everything. Yeah, they're trying to do everything, and and in, instead they ended up doing nothing. Um, much so sounds like the type of place that gordon ramsay would walk into on kitchen nightmares and be like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah yeah and this chick was so goddamn ocd about everything like she was so um she was so just everything had to be so damn specific and like even even the side of the hot dog that you put the pickle on had to be a certain way it was oh come on oh, with the ocd like give me a break oh it was so crazy and uh she fired me because she didn't she ended up she didn't like me or whatever oh sounds like when i got fired terminated from the corporation at that pawn shop sounds very similar to that she just didn't like me and made up a bunch of bullshit yeah i mean that was that was basically the the story with her like she I've never been fired for somebody just not liking me, like, but she didn't. Yeah, that didn't happen to me until that moment either. So, <laughs> yeah, you know that job was awful anyway. Though I even, I, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that good either. I remember specifically the TVs at the pawn shop. They were connected by these coaxial cables, and like they were always like plugged in. So every time, every you know, you would close. You'd have to unscrew them, and you would get shocked. Oh damn! Every single goddamn time when you're you're taking the the coaxial cables out of the back of the TV. Jeez. Yeah, this place was like one of those situations to where it was like you had to learn to so much shit. You had to learn how to do like twenty different things, and for what minimum wage payment? You know, like. It just wasn't worth it, and I don't know. No. There was, like, my friend Patrick worked there, and he got me the job there. And this other chick... Did he quit? uh, I think... Yeah, I think so. But um, 
I, I went up there to get my check, or no, I told her, I think it was over the phone, like I told her about herself a little bit. And she's like, I don't need to hear this. I don't, you don't need to tell me these <laughs> things. And I'm just like, whatever, bitch, just give me my fucking check and fuck off. Like, I had to get, I had to wake up early and everything to go to the shit, dude. That was like a dark, that was dark times. Like when I was, before I started doing DJing and everything, like when I was just having to find these. Well, I'm hoping, you know, that you won't have to, to have further dark times where you have to find jobs like that. I don't, I don't think so. I think that, I think by June, I think we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll be doing my gigs again. And, um, I have just enough money to kind of like make it, you know, um, you know, until then, my my dad, who passed away a few years ago, um, the government accidentally sent my mom a stimulus check for him as well. And so now we have, you know, she's pretty much putting that in reserve. If I if I need it to pay rent or whatever, you know, she'll she'll let me use that or whatever. So so I have at least another month to where I can, you know, just kind of sit back and hope that shit reopens but anyway i guess that's the end of the podcast uh if you want to join our patreon it's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries you get the podcast early most of the time and uh you can if you're a five dollar a month donor you can suggest topics for us to discuss on our episodes um if you want to join our facebook group it is facebook.com Go to the group section and type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Um, it's a really awesome group. And if you like mysteries, then you can fucking talk about them on that group. And no one's going to be a dick and be like, oh, this isn't allowed in this group. Did you read the rules? Well, actually. I mean, unless you're trying to just plug your own shit and you're, yeah. and you're clearly just, you know, trying to spam my channel. You've been in, go you've, you've been in groups. Goops. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Speaking of goop, have you heard about that ridiculousness? Yeah. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I saw the JonTron video. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, join our group. And then if you want to see more of me and Mike, but you want to see us separately, you can do so by going to YouTube. Mike's YouTube channel is youtube.com slash OCP communications. And he is the movie guy. Mike, what was the last video you did? So I actually posted two videos recently because uh, I've been having a little bit more time. Uh, so I reviewed both Wall Street films. Wall Street, which is a, still a classic. Yeah, I was wondering why drama. I was wondering why you were watching that movie the other night because on Facebook it said you were watching Wall Street. And I'm like, why is he randomly watching Wall Street? Well, it's because it was a, a request. It was actually a paid request. So, oh, on your um, Patreon? Uh, it was actually PayPal. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Nice. So, I uh, decided, yeah. So I had the free time because I graduated and wasn't working. So I had to check it out, and I really liked it. I thought Wall Street was great. Um, my guess is you probably haven't seen. I that. have seen Wall Street. Oh. I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I do remember. Do you remember liking it at least? Uh, I remember thinking it was okay. Yeah, it was it was just okay. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I thought it was I thought it was better than okay myself, but it's cool. Um, the sequel though is boring and awful. It just uh, didn't the sequel come out recently, like a few years ago. Came out in 2010. Oh wow, damn, that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, other patrons 
stuff uh, that was requested. I'm working on that. I'm working on watching the Woman in Black films, uh, the the uh, British uh, TV movie, which uh, starred the actor who would go on to play Harry Potter's dad in the Harry Potter films. And then that same actor, of course, the same character that that actor played, would be played by Daniel Radcliffe in the uh, later adaptation. It's crazy. Hmm. It's crazy these, like, degrees of, of, you know, connection with Harry Potter, with with the Woman in Black films. Oh, God, you just bring up Harry Potter reminded me one of my uh, trivia... T- when I was working and I did trivia, one of my trivia teams was called My Harry Potter Has Hogwarts. Oh, <laughs> The yeah, I'm hoping you can you'll get the opportunity to do your gigs again. It'll probably be a bit even after you know uh, the the state opens up. Well, Stephanie, uh, she got a message from a uh, place that she was doing karaoke at today, saying next Saturday she's going to start doing karaoke. Wow, because it's fifty percent capacity. All right, uh, starting next week for all restaurants, and you got to figure if. You know, maximum capacity, if it's like 200 people, then at 50% capacity, well, that's still 100 people that you can have in your fucking restaurant. And most places yeah. never get near capacity, you know what I mean? So Exactly. So if we can get to 50%, then I think a lot of these places can open back up because, yeah. you know, it's it's usually not... The maximum capacity is is usually not. Um, we'll just see how long on that lasts, and hopefully the people who aren't practicing social distancing don't ruin it for you. That's that's all. Yeah, the yeah, all it I would. I, I think at this point, Florida is pretty much like, you know. We're just we're just gonna risk it. Are there just be like shit happens? Yeah, honestly, because I, I think I I like our I I really like how our governor's been treating this. He's been you know he's just been like you know like we gotta get back to work you know so whatever happens kind of happens you know you guys just have to deal with it because we can't keep doing this. The as yeah, he's, he's got a I point mean for as sure. Trump said I mean I don't you know I I don't particularly like Trump as a person but you know he's ta- Trump's talking about like the cure can't be worse than the disease and mm-hmm. you know for any of us in the hospitality and service industry the the cure of staying inside well it's not just that I mean look at all these companies that are going under right I mean J C Penney was already on thin ice anyway but now like they just fell through because of this pandemic yeah. So, uh, you know, companies like that, this is, this is, this is a death knell. This is a, a death blow for them. Is it death knell or death nail? It's, I think, I think there's both terms. Let me look this up. Death, death nail. Cause I, that sounds like a, a, a metal band to me, like some kind of, you know, death metal. It is, it is death knell. band. K N E L L. A death knell yeah. is the ringing of a yeah. church bell immediately after a death to announce mm-hmm. it. Yep. Oh shit! Well, that's crazy. I always saw his death nail. <laughs> that's the that's the black metal. Yeah, band. that's the black. Uh, that's like that's a, that's a, a badass. Uh, that's a badass uh, black metal name. We're death nail. <laughs> that probably already exists. There's some, there's some I mean, DIY. Uh, I'm I'm on this DIY indie touring page, which is 
So it's, it's uh, usually a really annoying page just full of SJWs who are just so far left that it's like uh, you guys are just fucking idiots. But um, there was a band that posted their video in the group and the band's name was Butt Fart. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked that a lot. That appealed to my... Uh, yeah. the, the shit that I thought was hilarious when I was eight are we're, still we're, what I find do funny. Do they come out on stage and be like, we are Butt Fart and then play, you know, fart, fart noise? Mike, that would be way too fucking obvious. Come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're not an artist, man. You just, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get it. You don't, you don't go out and be that obvious about it. You gotta. No, it would have pyro and stuff. Oh, you didn't, you didn't say pyro. That's a horse of a different color. <laughs> that would be totally different. All right, we've officially uh, burned, uh, burned the, burned the bridge. I don't know. We burned out at this point. Um, so yeah, I think this is a good time to end it. I uh, hope everyone out there is doing good. Oh, yeah. Um, while I'm here, make sure you stick around to the end of the uh, show here because I'm going to be playing my band Dancing with Ghosts' new song, I Like You, which actually came out about a week or two weeks ago at this point. But I don't know. It might be new to some of you guys. If you like the song, please do me a favor. Like my band Dancing with Ghosts on Facebook. Pull us up on Spotify, save us to your favorite playlist, look us up on Apple Music, you know, help us help us pump those numbers up because we're we're gaining traction, but I'm fucking 31 and I really don't want to be a 40-year-old emo kid setting my shit up on stage in Bozeman, Montana, you know, still trying to make it. So if you guys could help me out with the any of that, I'd be greatly appreciative of it. And until next time, have a good rest of your week. Goodbye. See ya. When can I see you? I can show you a really good time. When are you free again? Tell me why do you never reply? No, you can't be reasoned with. Too many questions can't take a hint. No, I don't know write your back. Stop staring at me. Making it perfectly clear Don't you dare deny me I just want you to leave me out